Well, my job should be very easy this morning, shouldn't it? It's Thanksgiving, so be thankful. Amen. <laughs> the Gospel reading we just heard is a really interesting reading. There are all kinds of really neat details if we take a little time to dwell with them. So if you're one of those visual learners, uh, we have pew Bibles in the pews, the brown book. If you want to turn that to page 70 in the New Testament. Now, these books are a little tricky. Um, they start numbering at 1 in the Old Testament and start numbering at 1 again in the New Testament. So the second page 70 is where our reading starts. It's about three quarters of the way through the book. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. We have many stories in the Gospels about Jesus healing people from various maladies. This one has some unique features. We'll, we'll look at them as we go along. First is the setting. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, we're told. Now, from an early time in Luke's Gospel, by the end of the ninth chapter, Jesus is on his way towards Jerusalem. And we all know what awaits in Jerusalem, right? This is where Jesus will have his confrontation with the religious leaders. He will get into all kinds of trouble with them. And by the end of a week, they will say, Do you know what? We need to get rid of this guy. And he will be crucified. We know that's where the story goes. So when the story starts by saying he's on his way to Jerusalem, we can have that in the back of our mind, that he's on the way towards suffering and death. That's, that's the way that Jesus is walking. But a big chunk of Luke's Gospel, a big main central section, is Jesus on the way. And Jesus doing a lot of healing and a lot of teaching on the way to show his disciples what life on the way should look like. And he stops here in this region that has a funny description. The region between Samaria and Galilee. That's a funny way to name a place, isn't it? It's a sort of in-between place. It's, it's not a place. It's neither Galilee, nor is it Samaria. It's the region between. It's an in-between place. I think we can all relate with being in an in-between place at some point in our lives, whether that's a geographical in-between place. Um, I sometimes feel like I grew up in an in-between place. But a metaphorical in-between place where we're living in a time in life that is neither what it has been and isn't yet what it will be. You know, the kinds of things that knock us out of place. Um, losses of health, losses of loved ones, uh, changes in work, retirement, uh, all kinds of things can put us into that in-between place that is neither what it was nor what it will be. And as Jesus is going through this in-between place between Samaria and Galilee, he comes to a village and ten lepers approach him. Well, they approach him, but they also keep their distance. Because in Jesus' day, to be a leper or to be anyone with some kind of skin uh, uh, disease is to be unclean. And so these ten lepers, they they know that they are unclean, which is probably why they live in this borderland, in this no place. Because they can't be with everyone else for 
medical reasons, and, but especially for ritual religious purity reasons, they have been kept on the outside of society. They don't have a place within the community. So they know to keep their distance. They're used to keeping their distance. And from their distance, they call out, and they say a prayer that I think is a very in-between place kind of prayer. They say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. If you've been in that in-between place, I think you know that prayer. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy. I'm not where I was. I don't know where I'm going. Please have mercy. Now, if you think about some of Jesus' other healing miracles, sometimes there are signs. There are things he does. Uh, one of my favorites is when he comes across a blind person who asks for a recovery of sight, and he spits in the dirt and makes some mud and rubs it on the person's eyes and then cleans it off, and the person has their sight restored. Right? Or there's the time when there's a, a woman who's been hemorrhaging blood for 12 years, sneaks through the crowd and touches the hem of his robe, and healing power goes out and she is healed. There are times when Jesus breathes life into someone who seems to be dead. But then there are times like this one where Jesus just says something and healing happens. There's no big ritual, there's no big show, there's nothing fancy to mark the occasion. They cry out, Jesus, have mercy. And he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they are on the way, they are made clean. As they went, they were made clean. No big show, no big act that Jesus does. Just as they got up and as they went, they found their healing. There might be an interesting spiritual learning for us there. Sometimes when it feels like we need something from God, we might feel paralyzed, we might feel stuck while we wait for God to do something. You ever felt stuck and waiting and wondering, God, what are you doing? Maybe, maybe what we need to do when we feel stuck is to step, is to get on the way and take a step. Because maybe in the going we find everything we need. So they go. They're on their way to show themselves to the priests, the priests being the gatekeepers of cleanliness. The priests being the ones who can pronounce them clean or unclean, so they're on their way. And one of them, just one of these ten, notices that he was healed and turns back and praises God and thanks Jesus. I, I wonder, the other night, did they even notice? Did they even notice after they got up and started walking that something had happened? Sometimes we can be praying for something or we can be hoping for something. And we might miss the gift or the blessing that we were looking for. It can be something that's staring us right in the face and we miss it. I wonder if there are times when I have missed the gifts or the healing that God has offered to me and just didn't see it. But this one noticed, this one noticed that he was healed and turned back and gave thanks. <clears throat> and it's very interesting what Jesus says to him. After the man falls down, face on his face in front of him, and thanks him, Jesus says, Get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Or in a more literal tradition, translation, 
Your faith has saved you. That's interesting. So he's been cleansed, he's been healed, and now he's been made well. As he stops and gives thanks, he's made well, he's saved. The other nine who kept going, they were still cleansed, they were still made clean, they were still healed, they still got what they asked for, and even if they didn't say thank you, God wasn't about to say, and eh, you didn't say thanks, we're going to take that gift back. No, everyone still gets healed in this, but the one who says thank you also gets saved, also gets made well. It's a wellness that is deeper than just the physical healing that he needed. But there's something that happens in his spirit when he gives thanks that Jesus calls salvation, that Jesus calls being made well. I've come to think that the Christian virtue par excellence is gratitude. I think all other virtues flow from gratitude. I think of the people I know who are the most generous, the most joyful. The one thing they all have in common is gratitude. They're very quick to say thank you. They're very quick to name all the blessings that they have received, big and small. I think all, all virtue flows from that one virtue of gratitude. So, we have this wonderful holiday that's given to us in Thanksgiving that taps into this essential need we have to give thanks, to be grateful. So today and maybe beyond, May God give us the grace to be like this one who saw that he was healed, who saw the gifts that he was given, and who gave thanks, and in that gratitude found salvation. Thanks be to God.